So, okay. Um, we have two questions tonight. Um, one is about publishing when in the United States when you're in another country, and one is about my process naming titles. I picked two because I didn't feel like I could spend 30 minutes talking on either one of these subjects, and um, I'm trying not to ramble too much on my short podcast. I'm trying to keep them informative. Um We'll see how that goes as time goes by. This might end up just being bitching sessions as as because damn, fuck you, fandom. Just really fuck you. But it, it, it's so terribly unfair to say that actually because I um I have a huge I I acknowledge I have a huge following and um it's sometimes it's kind of embarrassing to have so many people. In, invested in my work, and when I went members only, um, twelve hundred people joined my site in a period of three days, and it freaked me out. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, you, you bitches freaked me out a little bit. I, I didn't anticipate that much because I already had over seven thousand members on my site already, and so I didn't realize there were that many people who were not signing in to my site that were reading, I assumed that most of my hits were roughly the same two or three hundred people. I was mistaken. There have been two hundred new um, accounts just today. And they're real people. They're, cause, um, they're not bots because I have a thing to prevent bots. And um, I have several things to prevent bots because I hate bots. Anyways... <clears throat> Yeah, I I think, Azor, that there's a problem with my music, and I'm going to redo it tomorrow. I just didn't, maybe not tomorrow. I'm going to redo it and um, see if I can't figure out why it's it's working funky. I, I don't know what's going on with the music. And I think it might have something to do with that hi-fi thing I volunteered to do because of all my things on um my audio clipboard, my new intro, my new ending, and um, Jilly's Short and Junk are all labeled hi-fi for me, and they're weird. They're weird. So I am probably going to redo those MP3s on my music for my Short and Junk episodes, and, and hopefully that will help the problem. Anyways, so um, while I do have some detractors in fandom, I do realize that my audience overwhelmingly is is very positive and and generous with me and um I'm trying very hard Well there is a delay um from the internet to the radio show there is like a 7 to 14 second delay depending on where you are um depending on your internet speed uh, and that's always been the case, always. But there's also beyond that 7 to 14 second delay that has always been there, there's a problem with my music. <laughs> and it's because I do something stupid with it. So it's probably about mostly my fault, but that delay has always been there. Um, if you're on the phone, you don't get a delay. But everybody who's listening on the Internet gets a 7 to 14 delay Second delay, depending on your location. This is really weird um, because I had someone tell me who's in Europe that sometimes their delay is upwards of 30 seconds. 
So I don't know what it is. Um, it, well, it, yeah, it, it's a delay, and I'm not sure if it's because of the streaming or because of the Hi-Fi thing I signed up for, which which is in beta right now with Blog Talk. Um, but the delay has actually gotten worse since I signed up for the Hi-Fi, so that's an issue as well. And I have reported that, and we'll see how it goes. Anyways, um, so yes, I... I I know I've been harping over the past week or so about the negativity that I've experienced in fandom, but um, also I I know that there are plenty of people in, in fandom who are invested in my work and who um, who are overwhelmingly supportive and and caring and thoughtful, and I get emails every day from people telling me that. Um, I provided them comfort in, in really dark periods and um, that, you know, that they find uh, solace in my website, which was a, the first time I ever heard somebody say that to me. I was like, what, really? Did you just write that? Really? Well, what do I do with that? And because it's a, it's a responsibility um, to know that there are people who, who view your work that way and, um I try not to think about it too much, actually, because it's kind of. Uh. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to say about it. Okay, anyways, my first question is from Aaron. Um, do U.S. publishers contract non-U.S. not from English-speaking country authors? The answer is it depends entirely on the publisher. There is no set industry standard. I um, have published in the past with independent publishers in the United States where I have encountered authors who are from South America, and I had a really good, awesome author relationship with an author who was, um, her husband was stationed overseas in Germany, and um, she was German. They got married, and um, she eventually came back to the United States as his spouse. Um, And then I... I knew an author from Singapore who was published in a U.S. house. Um, I personally had been published in publishers outside of the United States, and I uh, I have a very difficult time. Honestly, um, the worst, I think, was probably the one in Spain, and it's no reflection whatsoever on Spain. But my editor for that particular set of books that the foreign language rights were bought for didn't speak English. So by the time my editor got it, it had already been translated into Spanish. And she sent me a long rambling email in Spanish. And I had no idea what she said. So I contacted my agent. I said, "There, the agent from the Spanish publisher sent me a big long ass email, but I can't read it. And she said, why? I said, because I took two years of Spanish in high school and I've forgotten every single bit of it, except for like milk. I can say milk and where's the bathroom? That's it. And my agent has a big, really, really um, big hee-haw at my expense. And so I forwarded it to my agent. And my agent, fortunately, is bilingual. And she does, in fact, speak Spanish, and she translated the um, email for me, and then I was able to respond, and she translated my responses into Spanish and sent them back to the editor. Anyways, um, so sometimes you encounter issues like that as an English-speaking author when, you're in, when your language rights get um, sold to um, various countries. And um, a lot of times um, things won't 
um, translate well, especially pop culture references in other countries. So you have to um, explain, okay, this is what I mean. Make this sound really funny in Portuguese. Thanks. (laughs) So, yes, there are plenty of publishers who will publish a foreign author. Um, There are some who won't. It just greatly depends on the publisher. Um, When in doubt, ask. Ask. Um, When you send them a submission, send them a submission and tell them who you are and tell them where you live. And if they have a problem with who you are and where you live, they'll let you know. And they won't publish your book. But be upfront about it. Um, You don't want to present yourself as something that you're not because you're entering into a business and legal relationship with this person, hopefully, if your book is bought. And you don't want to um, you don't want to start that off with a lie. And J.K. Rowling was published by a British publisher, and then her rights were sold to other countries and a whole bunch of other languages. Now, what happens when you sign a contract, most often these contracts have foreign language and foreign distribution clauses in them, which gives your publisher the right to sell your material to other publishers around the world for, you know, then they get a percentage of the royalty, and then you get a percentage of the royalty. Now, if you have an agent, say, for instance, um, you publish a book with Penguin, for instance, just off the top of my head, Penguin. We'll, we'll, we'll pick Penguin. Um, and um, they sell your book to Spain. Now, the Spanish publisher offers you 18% of the, and that's a really high percentage by the way most print authors get seven percent on retail so say say okay say it's seven percent say you get seven percent on the retail price of your spain book your publisher will take two percent off the top then five percent goes to you if you have an agent ah yeah if you have an agent you're splitting that five percent um seventy thirty so you might end up making two dollars or less per book in in another country. So it just you know, it all depends. But I think, you know, all publishers are individuals. Some publishers don't want to deal with paying an author internationally. They don't want to deal with the tax situation. That's especially true in places where um the United States doesn't have a tax treaty. So like if you're in Australia I have heard so many stories about Australian authors having a difficult time getting a publisher to publish them in the United States because Australia and the United States have a really super funky tax um, treaty. And a lot of publishers just don't want to fucking deal with it. So it just really, it greatly, it is very, um, it's individual. So ask in advance, be honest about where you are. Um, don't misre- don't misrepresent yourself in a relationship where you're going where you could potentially be business partners, and that's what a publisher and an author really are. You are entering into an agreement to be partners in the publication of your novel, and you need to be um, honest and forthright as as much as possible about your circumstances, about your ability to edit, your location, um, your English language skills, just just across the board. And also, if you do speak 
I mean, if if you are living in an English-speaking country, you have to keep in mind that United States publishers have a very set style, and you will have to adapt to that style. Like if you are British, you won't be able to keep your British slang in an American only in a book published in America. It, they just won't accept it. You you will have to adhere to um, the American style. And vice versa, if you're an American and you publish in a British publisher, you're going to have to um, use your use. You're going to you have to do British spelling. You got, you'll have to pick up British slang. Just that's part of the house style. And most editors in a house, the publishing house, will be able to walk you through that in a very in a very easy way because that's their job. So, it, but it, again, it, it, it's all very individual. Um, Kane, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess your name up, sweetheart, and I apologize in advance. Kane asks, how and when in your process do you come up with the titles of your stories and series? I don't know. I named, this is really interesting, when I was writing, um, uh, when I was plotting my my um my July stories for Rough Trade. Um, when I got to the Stargate one, um, I had at the top of it, I had um, written um, their eye colors, blue and green, and, I, and I eventually that story became from blue to green. And after, I mean, it just because I, I put that at the top, and I don't know why, it was just a thing I did when I was doing my little cloud plotting. And I, um, when I came time to title it, you know, to do my little um, information piece on the site, I just wrote on there from blue to green. And um, of course, when you when you're participating in Rough Trade, you have to name your stories when you're um, signing up because I have to have a title to put you in a category. But you can always change the name afterwards. Like for instance, my book. Um, that I started writing on Rough Trade but didn't quite finish before Rough Trade ended, No Other Man um, got, the title got changed um, after um, um, I did the uh, the challenge, and it became Fall For You, and because um, it's about that first blush of love and lust, and so I uh, just decided that it, that it needed a new name, and so I called it Fall For You, and... Um, <clears throat> I'll be discussing that probably next week. We'll discuss that next week. Anyways, because there's a question about it on my Ask Anything page, and I'm going to save it for that. Anyways, um, like what might have been, <laughs> that's actually a song title. It was, it was my favorite song at the time, and I had um, named the first story, which was not supposed to be a series. It was just a one-off. I had named it We've Taken Different Roads because that's a lyric out of that song. So when I realized that I had started a series and I wrote part two, um, I was also, if you might have noticed in, in, in what might have been, I was very attached to um, Josh Groban at the time. Uh, <laughs> and you'll see him all through there. And the, and the Johnny Cash title, of course, is because John Shepard's pretty attached to Johnny Cash. Um at least that's the fan, and I think in canon all we ever got was a was a poster and maybe a, a brief reference to whatever. But um, oh, but fandom loved it, didn't they? They just loved that man in black stuff. Anyways, um, we uh, 
So I I wrote part two, and then I, I realized I needed a uh, a title for my series, and really that's all that series is about. It's what might have been, what might have happened if Rodney hadn't um, gone to Atlantis, and and that's how it got its name. And I um, I actually named the first book in Lantean Legacy, Lantean Legacy, and um, then I realized I had a series, and I um, I wrote book two, three, and four. We won't discuss those. And then I was like, okay, I can't, I can't, no. So I actually named the whole series Lantean Legacy, and then I had to go back and figure out a name for the um, story. And I had put that um, quote on the story, and it, I know, I know. Um, I know for we uh I um I took I I took it out of the quote and that's how no enemy no enemy within got its name. I um so you know it, like the birth of the serpent king um I named it before I started writing and that's I I wrote that down and then I thought what does that mean it means um, evolution. It, it, it means a start, a beginning of something new, a birth. This is going to be Harry moving from something. And really, that's why I ended it where I ended it, because the next story in that series is not about his birth. He's He's been born. He's been reborn as the Serpent King. And what you see in Birth of the Serpent King is just the the very beginning of his uh, of his journey and and that's why it's the birth and you see his first snake form but that's not his only snake form that's just his first one and um it's uh I've plotted three books in that series and there's there's probably a fourth sitting there in the back of my mind and um I named the uh second one Dragon Rising for the same reasons because Draco is is moving above um his his family legacy he's he's moving above his father's goals and so you know <clears throat> naming a story <coughs> can be super important and it it can uh attract a reader it can um pell a reader uh it can be the only thing your reader remembers about your story or it can be the only thing they don't remember, and then they end up on SGA Story Finder saying, this is what I remember, but I can't remember the title, and I don't know who wrote it. And then you're thinking to yourself, bitch, I guess my titles really aren't all that important. There's there's like eight fucking groups on LiveJournal dedicated to finding stories because people forget the titles of them. So, who knew? But, interesting side effect, or side point to this, no matter how much effort you put into naming your work, your original work, if you sell it to a publisher, they can and will change the title. I can't tell you how many books I've had published that I sent it off with one title and it came back with another. Let me tell you a funny story. I'm sitting in um, the coffee shop and I get an email <laughs> from an editor and it's about, since she has the title of the book 
in the email. And I called my agent, and I was like, she keeps talking about this book, but I have no idea what she's talking about. I think she's got the wrong author. And I thank, thank God, thank Thor, thank the Thor that I did not email this editor and tell her she had the wrong author because they had changed the title of my book and somehow neglected to tell me. So she was, in fact, discussing my book. (laughs) So, yeah. But, you know, it just, sometimes a title will pop out at me when I'm doing my plotting, like, um, I'll write um, an idea for a plot on something, and it, and it just becomes part of it. When I did the Criminal Minds one for um, July, I actually have in my plot that um, it's, it's a one line that says Spencer will have to create a delicate balance. Like, oh, there's my title. <laughs> it popped right out. And um, as far as the Harry Potter story goes, that is literally what I called my plot document um, because it was the first line in the document, and it was I was defining the time period that had passed between so and it's ten years after the war, and I thought, oh well, there's my title. So sometimes it's just happy, and sometimes you spend three days like I don't even know what to fucking call this thing. I'm just gonna fuck it. Big gay love in Canada. I'll think of a name later, and then I never did. It's, and that's why that one story is still called Jenny Weasley's a bad. Jenny Weasley is a bad Weezy, and it might actually end up being published. That not really, because I actually have um, something beautiful planned for that story, and I can't really name it. Jenny Weasley's a bad Weezy, um, but I don't want it to be about her. You know, it's about um, it's about love, and um, oh, the trial scene is oh, it's so harsh. It's so terrible. Um, I I recently um, read Dimensional Shift because I was working on um, filling in some of the the turns, um, and I I made myself cry three times. <laughs> so I'd like to apologize for those of you who have read that and cried. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> Drake on mouth Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, T- Tom Selleck's got a really cute ass. I have to say. I have to say. But, you know, sometimes, like, things will have a title, and it's, it, it comes really easy, and it's obvious, and other times it's like pulling teeth, and, and you never know what you're going to get when you sit down to plot. Um, sometimes it'll be untitled Stargate work for a year before it gets a title, and sometimes it'll have a title when when you start. Sometimes you start with a title, and there's no way... Um, it just comes to you, and um, th- um, there's no rhyme or reason to it, I don't think. I mean, you can put a lot of thought into it, or it can just pop up into your head full scale. Um, I do both. Sometimes I write without a title, and it'll be untitled Harry Potter fic for a month, and then one day I'll be writing a sentence and go, oh, oh, right there, that, there's my title. <laughs> Where have you been? I have missed you. And then I'll save it, close the document, retitle it, and open it back up and keep going. I also do have a list of titles. Um, like when I did um, uh, Ties That Bind, I actually had a big list of titles. And when I I actually have all the titles for the next episodes of the season two of um, Sentinels of Atlantis. I actually have all of 
the titles already. Let me see if I can find it. So season two starts with episode 21, and um, the first one's called The Pride, the second one's called The Sacrifice, the third one's called The Return, the fourth one's called The Lifeline, the fifth one is called The Siege, then we have The Victors, The Prophet, The Intruder, The Fall, The Host, The Warrior, The Shaman, The Betrayal, The Reunion, The Gift, The Brave, The Temple, The Message, The Supplicant. And episode 40, which is going to be the season finale of season 2, is called The Prior. If you've watched Stargate um, SG-1, you know exactly what that means and and what that means for um, the the series and where season 3 will go. So um, I have all of those titles. Some of them um, don't have summaries and some of them do. And that is Sentinels of Atlantis. I have the whole thing plotted. I just haven't done my summaries yet. Uh, but what Sentinels of Atlantis is, is season one was basically one big book told in episode form. And so each one has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the whole season itself has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I'm doing the same thing with season two, which is why it's taking a little longer, because I'm making sure I have all my my ducks in the road before I start writing so I don't have to go back and, and do any changing. Cause I did have to go back and do some um, shifting in season one because I had to rewrite season one because I lost um, 70% of it in a computer failure. So, <clears throat> yeah, you know, sometimes you have your titles and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get your title when you're writing and sometimes it happens when you're plotting if you're a plotter. And sometimes you start with a title. Um, or you use your concept as a title and it becomes a title and you didn't mean it to uh, and then you're kind of stuck with it because your brain won't let you do anything else to it. (laughs) Those are my things. And I actually also have, I think I have titles for the Lantean Legacy as, as well. Hold on one second. Yeah, because like, got Beck in the Dark, In the Silence, and The Devil You Know. Um, those are the titles for the Lantia Legacy books. Um, and uh, it should be really interesting and, and fun when I when I get there. And um, I um, sometimes, you know, it just it just really depends. I'm really super inspired by music, so you will find a lot of. Um, Um, my stories are named after lyrics or after titles of stories, um, which is how I ended up with a Harry Potter story called Blank Space because I'm really, really super attached to that Taylor Swift, that Taylor Swift song, Don't Judge Me. <laughs> and it's an awesome song. It's a super awesome song. Your playlist, I, I, I removed the playlist, um, um, the linked ones, because that site got really hinky and weird, and the last time I visited it, I got, I got bombed by a um, uh, uh, spam bot, basically, and I, got, I, had to, I spent most of the day cleaning my 
computer off, and it pissed me off. And I didn't want to link to that and expose my readers to that. So I removed the playlist link in the page. Um, and I'm going to do some YouTubes eventually. I'll like do some YouTube playlists. Uh, just, you know, but for right now, no, nothing. Sorry. Anyways, that's my show. I am a little tired, so I'm not as, you know, as I usually am, and um, I had a really long weekend. My mom made me go shopping, and it wasn't remotely entertaining, and it rained. And come to find out, I told a big fucking lie on um, Friday. I did, in fact, have PMS. <laughs> not, not that you guys care about that shit. Anyways, <laughs> you guys have a great week. And I will see you tomorrow night when we'll be discussing something from the Ask Me Anything list. If you would like to ask a question and have it answered on the show, go over to Ask Me Anything and check it out. You guys have a great evening, and don't stay up too late. And remember, no ass to mouth.